Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace that God has given you in Christ Jesus. That in every way, every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge. Even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you so that you are not lacking any spiritual gift. As you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. What we just read is an amazing thing. God does all of these good things for you. And he does it all through his word. Through his word, the grace of God is given you in Christ Jesus. You are not lacking any spiritual gift. You will be sustained. God is keeping you guiltless for the last day until he returns for you. Guiltless. I bet you don't feel guiltless. But he is keeping you in Jesus, guiltless. God, who called you into his fellowship through the waters of baptism, this God is faithful. God is faithful. Now I want to contrast God's faithfulness with our faithlessness. Behold, you were angry, we sinned. In our sins, we have been a long time. Shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like polluted garments. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind they carry us away there is no one who calls upon your name who rouses himself to take hold of you Isaiah wrote the above passage describing God's people who had received mercy upon mercy remember they saw miraculous miracles parting of the Red Sea, food from heaven, water from a rock. They saw all of these things. And yet, they acted faithlessly. In other words, God could have been talking about us. We, not just just me, but you too, Or not just you, but me too. We sit in our sins a long time. We dabble with this or that. And oftentimes we see other people. We see them as obstacles. And we see them as trials. Instead of seeing other people as people that Jesus came to save. We let our sins 
take us away from the hearing of God's word. We let our sins take us away from loving others. We fail to call upon God's name until we are taken away into captivity of sin. We're just like the Israelites. God is faithful. We aren't. Now reflecting on this truth is good for us. If we have illusions about our own goodness, we fail to recognize our true need for a Savior. In other words, if I'm thinking that I have it pretty well made, I don't have any need for anybody else, let alone someone I can't see. If we think that we just need Jesus as an example, but I'll take it from here, or as a helper when things get rough. I don't know how many of you have ever seen this movie, It's a Wonderful Life. But there's a lot of movies from that time period and a lot of, uh, a lot of TV shows in the 50s that will have a praying scene. In other words, the person will have like thing after thing after thing that goes wrong. And then he starts his prayer like this. Lord, I'm not a praying man. but if you can just get me through this one thing in other words God is a last resort that's what the Israelites saw him as most often it would be like bad thing after bad thing after bad thing happens and then they're finally like Lord you were right bring back bring back the good things that you promised to us We are faithless. It is so easy for us to stop meeting with other Christians around the word. It is. I mean, you can sleep in. Or you can say, I'm going to go next week. Or I'm going to do this or that. And pretty soon, before you know it, you haven't gathered around God's word in a long time. And you feel weird about going back. You shouldn't feel weird about going back, but that's, what we, that's how we feel. And it is easy to not sit at the feet of our Lord, reading his word. I can think of a million other things that I should do, at least I think I should do, before I sit down and read God's word. For me, it's, I got to put the kids in the bed, or... This may sound really weird, but I've got to write that sermon. (laughs) Because you're in God's word, but it's it's different. Um, But there's all sorts of things that you can think that you need to do before stopping, before listening, before receiving. And when we spend time away from his word, it is hard for us to recognize this. That we're getting carried away by the things that we are giving ourselves over to. It's so easy. It's so easy. It's easy for me to get carried away. And I know it's easy for you to get carried away as well. Now at the point of our gospel lesson today, we actually see the Israelites 
all the way carried away. They're under Roman control. Their faithlessness had actually brought them to a point where they were being led by the godless. They were carried away by their sin to a place that they did not want to be. That's what sin does. I never like follow sin after sin and after sin and say, man, am I glad where I ended up? No. I follow sin after sin after sin and I feel ashamed. I say, I don't want to be here. I never wanted to go here. But one thing after another, this is where I'm at. That's what happened to the Israelites. Does it ever happen to you? Have you ever gotten carried away and then found, your, found yourself in a place that you want to escape from? Oh, Jesus, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. The Israelites waited in their slavery that was caused by their own sin. They waited for God to send them a Savior. We also wait. We don't wait under Roman rule, but we do wait under the rule of the prince of this world. And here in our gospel, you can see it on that painting. We see the advent, the coming of our Savior. And the disciples brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it. And he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming or the advent of the kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. The people were excited. They thought that Jesus was about to lead a revolution. That he was about to make things better for them in this life. And you know those prayers that I was kind of making fun of. You know those prayers from the 1950s movies or, or 1950s TV shows and 1930s movies. Those people are just wanting it better. For, they want to get out of this situation. Then they can handle it from here. Just get me out of this situation. And I think that's what the people hear. They just wanted things better in this life. They all gathered together saying, can you just get us out of this Roman rule? Then we'll be fine. But in one week's time, the reality sank in that Jesus was not there to take them out of their situation. He was there. He came into their situation to pay for the sins 
that led them to this place. So what he was really doing here is he's walking down past them to the front lines and saying, I stand for them. Take my life so that they would be free, so that they would have eternal life. He was coming to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus comes to you in his word today. His glory, it goes unnoticed. It goes unnoticed by the world outside, just as it went unnoticed by Caesar and the Roman rule as he marched into Jerusalem. Only the eyes of faith recognized the baby that laid in a manger as the world's only hope. Only the eyes of faith recognized the man hanging naked on a tree as one coming to save his people. Only the eyes of faith recognize a great rescue taking place as we meet within these four walls. Only the eyes of faith see Jesus in simple words spoken as we gather in his name. Only the eyes of faith see the body and blood of a king in the bread and in the wine. Only the eyes of faith recognize the faithfulness of God in the midst of the faithlessness of mankind. Advent is all about God's faithfulness to his faithless people. That faithfulness in the person of Jesus. God's faithfulness to us, it's the only thing that sets us free to be faithful to him in our service to others. He sets us free from the sins that have carried us away, carried us to the place that we don't want to be. And this freedom, it allows us to lay down our lives as Jesus laid down his life for us. Our king's service to us was an act of love for his father and an act of love for you and me. This changes us. It makes us so that we can't help but to lay down our pride, to forgive those who have sinned against us, to act lovingly towards our neighbor in need. And as we abide in him, we find our bodies doing less of what hate does And we see our bodies doing more of what love does. You'll still find hate in there. We want to confess that. We want our Lord to operate on that. And we want want for him to 
replace it with what love does. You cannot receive the advent of your king without being changed. And this changing, it is preparing us for the day when he returns in his final advent, for the day when he comes to take us home. No matter what happens, we receive our king through his word and sacrament, even as we wait for the fullness of the revelation on that last day. But until that day, I pray that the peace of God, the peace that surpasses all understanding, would guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.